Hey, this is Jay. Before we start the episode, I wanted to share some really exciting news. Calibra was just named a leader in the 2023 Forrester Wave Report for data governance solutions. If you don't know what the Forrester Wave is, it's essentially a guide for us buyers considering options for software. If you want to get to know Forrester a bit better, go back and check out our recent episodes with Raluca Alexandru and Michelle Getz from Forrester. I love these conversations. We had a total blast. And I can't resist making a plug here either. To learn more about the report, go to Calibra.com slash data download dash Forrester Wave dash DG. And we're going to put all of that in the show notes as well, so that it's easy for you to navigate to them and check out those reports. All right, back to the show. This is the Data Download, your guide to upping your game when it comes to managing and accessing data in your organization. For Calibra, I'm your host, Jay Millich. The idea of data being viewed as a product isn't really a new concept. News is data, stock prices are data, even TV ratings are data. It's been around a long time. Those types of data sets have been sold as commercial products too. What's new is the notion of data marketplaces, where providers and consumers connect to make transactions. There's a lot to it actually. And we brought in a friend of the Calibra family to give their thoughts on data marketplaces. Jay Bunkaria here, a senior director leading product partnerships at Databricks uh, for our marketplace. Been at Databricks for uh, a little over a year and a half. Prior to that, have been in the data analytics space for 15 plus years. Okay, so I'm, uh, you lead the marketplace group. So that's uh, that's our topic for today. So why don't you tell us, Jay, what's a data marketplace? Let's, why don't we just start with the basics? Yeah, exactly. At the, the core foundational level, uh, a data marketplace is a platform designed mm-hmm. to help connect buyers and sellers uh, of data, find that data, learn about that data, analyze it, and access that data. Yeah. And so really helping that entire end-to-end journey and connect buyers and sellers to exchange data and, and everything around uh, the data universe. So you're saying it's a, it's, a, it's a marketplace that connects buyers and sellers so that folks can understand data that's in a marketplace so that they can, well, buy things. Is it just databases that that are in a, a marketplace in your opinion or or are we talking about any sort of data and analytics type you know entity yeah it's, it's a great question I think as people have thought about previous iterations of data marketplaces it's kind of been just to to share or exchange kind of plain vanilla data sets uh, you're a customer that wants to buy let's as an example just weather data here's the data take it figure out what to do with it on the other side. Right. But one of the interesting things that, you know, I've seen in my data career and kind of where Databricks uh, in particular, where we're kind of leaning towards in the future is around how our marketplace can be mm-hmm. more than just data, but really helping you as a provider and a consumer exchange all of your data assets, meaning not just the data sets, but any type of models, dashboards, visualizations, and data apps. Right. This way, really helping the end consumer uh, get time to value from the data much faster and helping people that are selling these different types of data assets uh, monetize more effectively. Monetize. Okay, great. All right. I love the monetization topic. So I think fundamental to that or foundational to that is maybe a notion of something called a, a data product. Is that part of your your vocabulary in this context? You called it a data asset a moment ago. Is data product thinking, product management thinking a part of this, uh, this mix? 
Exactly. Jay, I would use I would somewhat use the two interchangeably, where right. I sometimes say asset, but product is, is very similar. And and product probably is a little bit of a better definitional term in the sense that these are discrete finished products that you are selling and, and giving to the end consumer. So you've done some refinement, you've done some uh, investment in that so that it, it is something that can be prepackaged and ready for that end consumer to use, whether it's it's a model, whether it's the the data set that you cleaned up and packaged properly. A, a visualization, a data app, et cetera. Got it. Got it. So with, with all the, you know, all the news about generative AI and, you know, uh, machine learning models that are doing, um, you know, chat GPT and, and things like that. Um, I would imagine that, uh, being able to publish such things through some sort of marketplace might be a really compelling, uh, future for, for that, that landscape. 100% generative AI, these LLMs, uh, have caught the world by storm over the last few months. It's pretty crazy. I mean, even personally, just using this to see, you know, what it can do and how much it can uh, help enhance mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. type of business, no matter if you're in tech or otherwise. And kind of the the, the world that view that we have on LLMs is twofold. One, we think it accelerates just the marketplace experience in and of itself. Mm. We're thinking about how we can incorporate that in as a buyer potentially, or someone browsing a marketplace instead of trying to figure out the data sets you need. Just illustratively being able to ask a question and find the data. So let's say as an example, say you're uh, a retail uh, CPG company and you have supply chain across the country and you need to ship things to a bunch of different stores. If you wanted to say, hey, how can I optimize my supply chain being mindful of weather patterns as well as trucking logistics issues? From asking that question, an LLM could easily potentially scan the entire catalog and find the best data sets for you and, and, and give that answer to you in a more natural language way. And so that's one way we're really helping enhance the overall product uh, and, and thinking about it from that angle. The second is, and it really comes down to our data partners, how can we leverage LLMs or how can they leverage LLMs to share and sell data more effectively? Currently, as we all know, data in certain instances can be highly normalized. A lot of different tables can get messy to join it all and figure out, well, what's the answer to the question I'm asking. But to do that, there's a lot of work. Whereas if you could leverage an LLM or share a model to say, well, what's the stock price high over the last 50 days if you exclude Mm -hmm. really crazy events? And then having that LLM write that query for you, run the query and give you the answer. And so that's kind of the two dimensions that we see really LLMs playing a a big vital role to support the end consumer discovery-wise and then the provider from selling their products more effectively. Interesting. All right. So when when I asked that, when when we started that chat, I, I think we were saying uh, an AI model could be something that is sold as a part of, uh, you know, as an item in a marketplace, right? But I think what you're saying is LLMs and generative AI can actually enhance the marketplace itself uh, by, by helping people to, you know, enter in much more rich, let's say, search criteria uh, that, that gets into the data itself in a marketplace in order to answer the question. Is that kind of, is kinda, that's very meta. Is that, is that what you were suggesting? Exactly. That's, that's one use case, which is what we're going to be doing to enhance our product. But then people can actually sell their industry specific or their, their models in general as well on the platform too. What does selling a model look like? Right? Is that is that a Jupyter notebook? Like, what what does that even what does that even mean in, in the context of a marketplace? Yeah, it's a great question. So typically, the the models will be trained, and what we'd be looking to do is provide them the infrastructure and the endpoints within the Databricks uh, architecture and platform, so that once they have that model, 
It's served to them naturally within the platform. We have a, a capability called ML Flow, which helps with just model operations. So it's just there. And it's just there now. So they they mount that model into their Unity catalog into their Databricks platform. You serve it data, it'll spit back a response and, and, and an inference in those cases. When we think about data products, you know, or interchangeably with data assets, uh, you called it a discrete thing that has that has value. There's probably a whole range of characteristics that go along with what a data product might um, might have. You know, what are you, what are your thoughts on the types of characteristics that a data product would have? Again, agnostic to what kind, right? Whether it's a model or a database or or otherwise, what what comes to mind as as characteristics this is i love talking about this subject so we could we could go on uh, on this all day yeah i think it's 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 all about the the level of sophistication of the end user in most cases okay you know when you deal with you know very sophisticated end users uh, of a data product they're okay with you know whether it's the the, the model of the data the machine learning model itself being mm-hmm. somewhat raw and and unfiltered so that they can work their magic on their end uh, in other cases where you have a less sophisticated user, maybe someone that doesn't have much coding or no coding knowledge, they're really looking for something that just has outputs to them, whether it's a simple visualization that they can point and click a visualization, uh, right. or it's, you know, an answer response, uh, a score at the end of uh, a data analytic and, and those types of things. So uh, it was somewhat of a non-answer because it's across a spectrum of users, but it's something that adds value to the end user depending on their level of sophistication. Got it. Okay. Fair enough. So let's talk about that value word. Um, You're framing a data marketplace as something that's for commercial, I think you're saying it's for commercial purposes, so that buyers and sellers uh, can connect, exchange money, and then, you know, receive receive their data product as a result of that, right? So so let's talk about that value. Um, Are you, are you, are you saying that the data marketplace, at least that, that, that you're that you're producing, is that something that's only for commercial purposes? Or is this, do our organizations using this just for their own internal purposes also with no money involved? I want to understand, yeah, I wanna yeah. understand that a little bit more. What, what, it's a great what's question. What's your thinking on that? Uh, it's, it's funny and it's a great question that you asked that. You know, one of the things that we've seen actually through conversations with a lot of customers and partners is that they have a lot of application for this to be used as an internal marketplace of sorts as well as a private exchange between just their business partners. So as an example of both use cases, right, we deal with a lot of multinational conglomerate mm-hmm. corporations where for all intents and purposes, each business unit is for all, maybe its own siloed division. So they don't have as much interaction. Their tech stacks may be different, uh, but they want a place that they can find data assets from across their organization. Uh, and so that's where this marketplace uh, really helps internal use cases. And then separately, right, when we have right. companies that do a lot of supplier relationships, they want an, a private business exchange so that they can have their partners access it, but not everyone in the world can see it. Mm-hmm. And right. Okay, good. So basically you're saying, you're saying yes, all of those things, right? So in, internal purposes, uh, commercial purposes with partners uh, and real commercial purposes externally to actually sell stuff. Is that so you're saying it covers all three kinds of use cases that uh, that you might imagine. Um, so you're are you facil- are you facilitating movement of money at at the same time? Yes. So V we, we are looking to do that in the future. But for our 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 first iteration of the marketplace, 
you know, some of the feedback we got from some of the biggest data vendors and partners in the world was that they actually didn't want that type of process on the marketplace. These organizations have hundreds, if not thousands of sellers, pre-made processes for how they uh, execute their contracts. And a lot of times they price to value. So pricing is highly discretionary. So they don't want Mm -hmm. pricing to just be very flat or uh, on a marketplace, but prefer to have an understanding of their customer use cases and then price accordingly. Got it. Well, so let's talk about that. Yeah. uh, Valuation is really interesting, right? So let's figure this out. Like, how do you value your data product? Like, what, what, what are the first things that we should think about to figure out what you should charge for your data product? A great seller told me is whatever someone's willing to pay for it is. Uh, yeah, that's one model. <laughs> the right? short answer. Right. Uh, but what I hear from a lot of our partners around pricing and and how they value it is they price it to the value that's driven from that data. So as an example here, uh, one data set may be sold to a hedge fund that is generating billions of dollars in profits and alpha for a much different price point then is being sold to a research university using that data for research purposes. And so we've typically seen uh, companies use a value-based pricing model in most cases uh, to determine the pricing of, of these different types of data assets. Okay. Do you have any thought, like what are the components of that in, in your experience? Yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's highly use case driven is what it comes down to. It's really as, as a company that sells data or these data assets, what are the use cases that you're using to drive from this data or these data assets? How important is that to your business? What is it driving some core business driver or, or, or business operation, or is it some kind of pet project? And based off of those kind of criteria and dimensions, it's kind of how a lot of commercial uh, partners and, and data vendors really price some of their yeah. assets. So how is the data going to be used? What are the what's the purpose for its use? Yeah, I yeah. guess that that works either internally or externally. Uh, you brought up the external variety of that being you know research purposes versus uh, hedge fund. Uh, so that's certainly part of it. But I guess even internally, you know, is your CEO going to use this data to make? mission, you know, decisions on where to take the business over the course of the next year or two, right? That's probably important and would have value, one would think, right? 100%. And I think that's really where it also just helps with the discovery of data across an organization internally. Uh, Because some, I've seen this in my career where within a company, they didn't know that this treasure trove of data existed in this other division. And being able to have access to that and combining it with their data provided a brand unlocked a brand new use case or unlocked material value to the company internally. So being able to share these different types of data assets, uh, but on top of that, it's important to have those access controls on the data because certain teams are not allowed to see certain types of data. The data needs to be approved in certain areas. There's you know sovereignty issues. So a lot of things that come up. So it's very important uh, that your data needs to be governed effectively, okay. even in, in internal sharing or cross-business uh, types of data exchanges. That's um that's a really good point. I'm interested in in your take on what's driving this. You know, the the word data marketplace uh, is is all over the place, right? A lot of folks are talking about data marketplaces. Uh, it's it's and a lot of folks are talking about value, and a lot of folks are talking about data products. There's a connection there between those three things. We we went through a few of the, of those items a minute ago. What's happening in the industry? 
right? That in, if you were to sum it up, what's happening in the industry that's that's kind of driving the need for data marketplaces, the opportunity for data marketplaces, right? What's the thinking around that? Yeah, I think, you know, as we move towards every company becoming more digital first, these businesses are relying on more and more external data to drive decision-making. A couple interesting stats I'll throw out to, to answer this question as well is Gartner recently did a study that showed companies that lean in and do more data sharing and collaboration have a three times better economic business outcome of business value than companies that don't. Okay. So it was an interesting study that just says companies that are more forward about sharing data and leveraging marketplaces typically have better business outcomes. And, and why this change is happening now is because as companies have over the last maybe you know 10 years in the past really been focused on their internal data sets more so than anything and, and optimizing them, trying to get them better organized and using them, they're now over the last few years seen a rise in prominence of how can we take external data, marry that with some of our internal data to continue to drive better business decision-making and data-driven decisions. So I think companies have started to move and become a little bit more mature with some of their own internal data processes. And now they're thinking about how can they layer external data on top of that to further enhance that value they can drive for for whatever the business question they're looking to get answered is. Huh. So, so let's say you're looking at your CRM information, just as any organization, right? You're looking at your customer list and all of the data that you are managing yourself. But you're saying, I think, that data marketplaces are opening up an opportunity for that organization to blend in other external data about those very same customers that are in that list to give them more intel, right? Yeah. One would think so that they could sell better to them, support them better, market to them better, things like that. Is that is that how I should think of it? Yeah, I, I think I, I would say it's even more than that, right? Because data yes, vendors I, have been I around. only give simple examples. That's all I... <laughs> no, no, it's a great example. I think it's, it's one of the biggest use cases we see out there, actually. That's all I could do. Yeah, but well, I think where data marketplaces kind of fit into play now is that over the last 10, 15 years, when companies have started using some external data, it's always been a very opaque market and you're dealing with data vendors individually. Marketplaces have created more convenience now for the end customer by helping standardize it through certain delivery mechanisms, right. by helping make it more discoverable, uh, and then adding that value to, to, to make it easier to now access it as well. And so the marketplace really fits in the dimensionality now is like, okay, we got all this, we have this external data, but we want to make it consumable and discoverable in a much more easy and open manner. Uh, and I think the open part, which I think is something that's net new to a lot of marketplaces is you, you don't want to be in a walled garden where all, if there's a marketplace out there, you can only use the data within that platform or mm -hmm, instance of mm -hmm. whatever the, the platform is. Uh, you really want to be able to take that data, as you mentioned with CRMs, very easily and quickly loaded into my CRM, loaded into Power BI or my visualization tool, loaded into Excel. You don't want to just say, I can only use this data in this environment, or if I wanted to get it out of the environment, I have to take three jumps, skips, and hops to get it there. Yeah. And that's a critical part to the evolution of marketplaces is that they need to be open. They need to be able to be freely accessible so that customers can use the data in the tools and platforms that they want to. Got it. So that's that. That's how you would call uh, a data marketplace open versus closed. Correct. Is there a benefit to a closed marketplace? There's a benefit to the marketplace owner of a closed marketplace. Uh -huh. um, 
they, they is can, that what I should, I mean, is that the same as that private exchange that you were saying before or, or am I thinking of that wrong? I, I would think of it in, in a world where it, in a closed marketplace, a, a private exchange is, is it's just a design decision in terms of who you want to access your data. Certain platforms create marketplaces as well, right? And those marketplaces uh, may be built on proprietary formats, proprietary standards, which means you have to just access it only in their environments or their walled garden versus a marketplace that anyone can log into, anyone can browse. And then once you buy the data, I say, I just want to access that data in my Jupyter notebook, or I just want to access that data in Excel. You can immediately begin accessing it in those platforms. Right. So compatibility across different tools, across tool sets that are common in an industry, right? Standards-based approaches is what you mean by open. Exactly. Exactly. Excellent. Uh, Certainly makes it easy. So let's talk about the opposite of easy, those controls that you mentioned a minute ago, right? So we want to make sure that any data that's published or data products that are published in a marketplace, it should be easy to, to, to understand it and get access to it and make use of it to purchase it, et cetera. But there do need to be some controls baked in to make sure that the right people have access to it and they're doing the right things with it. Uh, there may be, you know, it was constructed with with ethical principles, legal principles in mind, uh, et cetera, regula- regulatory principles. So tell us, you know, in, in an ideal data marketplace, where, who's got those responsibilities, who's got what responsibilities there? And is a marketplace facilitating those, those sorts of um, things, tasks that responsibilities that need to get uh, actions. T- tell us, tell us your thoughts on how to bake in good governance around, around data, data yeah. production in a marketplace. Governance is essential. Uh, and it's, it's a critical part of the data journey, both in marketplaces and in general, as a platform, such as Databricks, our goal is to, you know, incorporate those tools or those capabilities, whether built ourselves or through partners to enable the end of data provider to control the access in the way that they deem appropriate yeah. and by abiding by whatever rules uh, around that data. So we think of ourselves as a canvas and, and providing all of the key capabilities and tools to enable them to govern their data in the right and appropriate way. But but I, I wouldn't say that we play a heavy hand on uh, discreetly telling mm-hmm. them what to do idiosyncratically. Right. Okay. So you're... Is that a shorthand way of saying you're you're essentially leaving it up to data producers to do their own data governance controls and all of that? You might provide some tools to enforce some of their controls that they're deciding on, but it's really up to the producer to to, to do that part. That's that's their responsibility. Correct. Is, is yeah. Obviously, we have some blanket kind of legal terms and conditions that say you have to abide by the laws of you know wherever you're domiciled, et cetera. Right. But right. Generally speaking, from a technology perspective. We provide them those capabilities, as you said, and, and then they kind of have to got it in good faith run with it. Yeah. So all of the good data intelligence practices that a producer would have to follow to produce data, um, you know, is really up to them. And then they need to do that even before it's published on a data marketplace in any case, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. That that kind of makes sense. You 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 mentioned one Gartner statistic. Let's 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 drill on on that a little bit and talk a little more about that why of a data marketplace and the and the outcomes and impacts that businesses are starting to see by taking advantage of 
marketplaces, um, right? A 3x return on their business outcomes. That's a, that's a good generalized statement. Let's drill in on a little more on, on the why of taking advantage of a data marketplace. It comes down to really how the technology has changed over time, right? Before, you know, companies, even if they, they knew there was a hypothesis that maybe if I could get credit card transaction data plus this geospatial people movement data, I could better calibrate right, right. where my products are being bought and how they're bought. But they didn't have the the level of technology capacity or prowess or even skill sets of, of the end users to make that all happen. Now they do with cloud computing, with, with the emergence of highly skilled data science practitioners and all of the tool sets around governance and access controls as well. They now have all of those capabilities. So now the marketplace really sits on top of all of this to now make that dis- data more easily discoverable, analyzable, and, and accessible to now be used by all of these people. So as companies now have the underlying foundation to do it, the marketplace sits on top of that to accelerate that time to insights and value. And so as more companies, based off of that uh, that Gartner study, lean into saying, yeah, we, we have the foundation now, let's start using more data, let's start sharing it more so we can help our data scientists become more effective. We can leverage the cloud more effectively and we can do mm-hmm. our jobs better to get insights from this data. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I, I totally hear that. You know, I'm, I'm thinking as you're giving that answer, you mentioned CPG, um, consumer goods companies that, that might take advantage of this, you know, traditional, let's say more non-technology, non-data companies. Another way to think of your, your response there is, is it, this is opening up entirely new markets, literally markets for products that these these types of companies can start inventing to then commercialize I, uh, over time. That feels like a, a watershed moment um, where brick and mortar can go digital, not just to improve their own internal operation, but also to start commercializing this and making making some of that data that they're producing or data products, I should say, that they're producing you know, available to to a market to to make additional money from. Yeah, Jay, it's a great point you bring up, and I'll give a couple examples of this. So, the term that you know I've I've used in the past to describe this in terms of the example you've given us, what I call business exhaust data, meaning you run a business, and and part of that, some, there's ex- this exhaust that comes out of that that's that's maybe valuable to some internal use cases, but has the ability to be discreetly monetizable as well. So, an example of that. Uh, is around like an insurance company that that underwrites cars. Mm-hmm. They're able to take some of their exhaust data by just underwriting cars to show potential sales of let's say electric vehicles or Teslas over the last few months. Now, in, in the financial services world, maybe I'm a an, an asset manager or an investor that now can take that data, which was just business exhaust data for the insurance company, and say, well, I think Tesla is going to sell way more this quarter than last quarter. And then use that data to, to make a, a business decision. Uh, a lot of more, a lot more companies, and there's a lot more board level discussions. You know, energy companies taking their IoT data to help with with climate solutions, etc. Um, you know, how can we take that data to to monetize it uh, and and sell it in a new discrete way? Uh, it, it's a really interesting thing, and, and companies, in, in my opinion, are still very early on in that journey. But they're slowly moving towards it and, and starting to see more. And I think data marketplaces help democratize that because one thing it helps them do is they don't need to stand up a full go-to-market sales team and a marketing motion. They can now, similar to what Amazon.com did for consumer goods, 
if I if I have a, a new fidget spinner, I, I can just build it and put it on Amazon's marketplace and start selling it. And that's kind of where you know we see the opportunity for for the Databricks marketplace is to really help support all types of businesses, whether you're a pure play data vendor or you're a company that's just starting to build data products that you want to monetize or just share with your other uh, internal stakeholders or external stakeholders, we mm-hmm. provide you a full end-to-end platform to do that. Right, right. Fidget spinner exhaust data <laughs> is the next data product. How about that? Uh, I love oh, it. I, I love that explanation. I, I, to- I totally get it. That, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I ask many of our guests, you know, if they were to, if they could predict the future for us, right? You know, wh- where is where is this world heading? Uh, and, you know, as, as data marketplaces are becoming more, you know, uh, you know, more more of a way for for these types of organizations to get value from their data, literal value, right? Uh, com- commercial value from their data. Where's this going? We talked about some of that potential just a minute ago. If you were to s- zoom out a couple of years, where where's that headed? Yeah, I think it's to you know to something we've talked about a little earlier. I- I've always seen consumer businesses be a little bit ahead of the B two B world in terms of just the acceleration of adoption of of things. So. If I look at Amazon.com as an example of just the consumerification of how easy it is to buy, shop, uh, and access physical goods, I see a lot of that falling into the B2B world at some point in in the future, where it's a one-click purchase. It's easy to get access to this data. You're seeing consumer reviews on these data sets to help you make a better decision. Maybe not all of these will, will come to fruition, but essentially... We, we want to make it a more convenient process to buy and access data. And I think that will be continually improved on and improved on where it's there's very hopefully very little difference or the gap is very small between your consumer experiences on marketplaces mm-hmm. versus uh, your B2B data experiences on marketplaces. What I'm hearing you say, you know, for all of you out there that are embarking on a digital transformation at your organization, I think Jay just described how data marketplaces are a big accelerator that even now as you're as you're embarking on that cuz cuz your digital transformation is all about removing some of that friction and making it easier to to get access to consume and use data to drive value um, right and whether that's helping your customers do stuff you know, more efficiently, uh, more self-service, or or helping your own employees to do something uh, in a little more self-service way. Data is at the center of that uh, always. So I'm hearing data mar- data marketplaces as a, a big key to making that happen. Hundred percent. Did I get that right? Got it. Perfect. Couldn't have said it better <laughs> myself. <laughs> hey. So all right. We talked a lot about the value of this. We talked a, about the what of a data marketplace. We talked about the why of a data marketplace even the future of data marketplaces and where all of that's going, how should companies get started in thinking about data products, valuation or, or setting prices and what is a market for my data? How should, how should organizations you know, start thinking about this conceptually, philosophically, not necessarily from a tool standpoint, we talked a lot about what the tools can do, but what's the thinking that, that companies should start um, uh, drilling in on. Yeah. I think first is if, if you're a company that hasn't used a data marketplace before, the first step is just start trying these data marketplaces so you can learn and see what data is available, how it's used, 
uh, how you can yourself get access to some of this uh, external so explore. data. So explore what's already explore out there. what's already out there. Mm. I think is the first step. Mm-hmm. The, the second step is you kind of think about well, what can I create as a data product, whether it's for internal audiences, external commercialization or monetization, is to think about the use cases that you're looking to drive your data assets value towards, whether that's a use case to help solve a supply chain issue, a use case to help in an investment decision uh, or, or otherwise. So as you think about the use cases, that will help you back into how you need to model the data, create the data to help drive the fastest amount of value possible for your internal stakeholders or mm-hmm. for external customers. Cloud technology has really opened up so many possibilities over the years, hasn't it? It's a lot easier to create and store data products. Oh, what's a data product? <laughs> let's, let's think of them simply how we would any product. It's, it's a self-contained prepackaged thing <laughs> that has value. A data product might be a data set, you know, uh, some tables with columns and rows, but it could also be, you know, a visualization or a dashboard that allows anyone to interact with the data. It could be an AI model that leverages data to predict something. A super interesting development lately is is just how easy it is to share those things through these data marketplaces. It's the place where a data producer or a seller meets up with consumers or buyers to exchange data. It's exciting to hear how this can now be so open and standards-based. It opens up lots of opportunities, not just for organizations that have traditionally created data products, right? I mentioned news and stocks before, Uh, but now also for so many other types of companies. Think consumer goods or storefronts. You know, they get to discover how their own company's data could be valuable to consumers. These data marketplaces now make it really easy for, for those companies to just jump into, well, markets for their products. I'll also say this concept is equally valid as an internal enterprise catalog as well to facilitate publishing, shopping, accessing data, and then using it all for internal purposes, say between different departments, like, uh, you know, a finance analyst consuming an employee list, right? From the HR folks in a nutshell, data products have value in their usage internally within a company too. So making it easy to share becomes a value multiplier. Either way, all of this highlights the importance of good governance. Just because you can share or sell your data doesn't mean you should, right? So even before you're thinking about publishing something on a marketplace, it is crucial to establish policy frameworks and processes to protect uh, things like privacy, sensitive information, (laughs) follow the law, uh, right? As well as baking data quality into your practices. Think about it this way. Car manufacturers do really expensive recalls when they have quality issues, right? So the same might hold true for your data products one day too. So let's all be careful out there and really leverage good data intelligence programs for your data products. You're going to go faster too as a result. For Calibra, this is the Data Download. I'm your host, Jay Milliter, and I'll see you next time. Want even more insight into managing your data? Visit Calibra.com slash podcast for additional resources on the topics covered in our show. Be 
sure to follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss a new episode. And a five-star review certainly doesn't hurt our chances with the algorithm. It's all about the algorithm, isn't it, folks? It's a great way to help us reach new listeners, and we truly do appreciate your support. The Data Download is a production of Calibra in collaboration with Stories Bureau.